Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung, those that have participated in uh, giving. We just thank you for this opportunity to do all these things. Now, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, that we will grow thereby. And as we go into this new series, God, we ask that it will resonate with us that you love us so much that you will look for us and even be looking for us no matter what situations we go through, that your desire is for us to be one with you. And so we thank you and we honor you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are into our new series called Outcast, the Friends of Jesus. And one of the things that we will discover in this series is that outcasts are nothing more than folks that other folks ain't like. And sometimes we get so wrapped around the fact that no one that we think should like us likes us that we lose our value within ourselves. That we cause other folks to influence us to a point whereby we are negated in our ability to do what God has called for us to do. And so as we go through this series, I just want you to realize that all the outcasts are friends of Jesus. <laughs> and today, as we're going through this, this is just going to be our introduction to what we're getting ready to get into. And we're going to be in Luke, the 15th chapter, going through verses 1 through 31. But I want you to understand this, that after hearing the religious leaders grumble about his attitude towards sinners, Jesus tells these three parables, which we have all probably heard before. But the whole purpose of these parables is to provide a uh, illustration of how much God loves the lost. And in this, we can see how it doesn't matter what you've done or how far you've wandered. God is always seeking to bring you back to him. His, his goal is to bring you back, to be back in relationship with you. And so our subtitle for this episode, episode number one of our series is The Search is On. The Search is On. Now before we get into the Luke 15th chapter, let me hit you with our definitions. Our definitions for today are an outcast. An outcast is an exile a pariah, a person cast out or rejected, literally that which is cast out, thrown out. The next one is search. Search is to go about, to wander, to traverse, to look over or through for the purpose of finding something or to explore. 
because the search is on. Now let's jump into the scripture. This is, this is the whole chapter of Luke 15. So give, give me a little, little time. Be, be patient with me. But it says, starting at verse number one, English Standard Version says this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, There was a man who had ten, two sons. Not ten, he had two. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was going to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. And when he had came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. 
But when this son of yours come, came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and now found. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask as we look into it that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. Now, this whole entire chapter is talking about things that have been lost, things that have been outside the norm. Now, a little background on this chapter alone there have been, uh, this chapter is considered one of the most significant chapters in the book of Luke. Because Jesus is breaking down through the use of uh, parables, as the, as the thing said, uh, parables, to help folks to understand a divine truth. The first one, he talks about a sheep. The second one, he talks about a coin. The third one, he talks about a human. And some folks say that actually there are four parables in this chapter. And when we pull back and look at the macro version of this, we can see that all these point to one thing. That God loves the lost. That God does not forsake. God does not give up on. That God's desire is for the lost to be found. So as we look at the hundred sheep that are out there. Now think about if you were one of the 99 sheep, you wouldn't be concerned about it. But if you were that one you might be a little concerned about where you were located. Or if you were the one coin out of ten that happened to be misplaced and no longer associated or no longer noticed, no longer uh, a part of the wealth of the house, you would want to be found. Or, even though you got on your high horse and thought about yourself and thought about how you wanted to take care of yourself and you wanted to go and do the things that you wanted to do and realize that you made a mistake and still having the ability to come back, that's something that you would want. Or you thinking that because you didn't do nothing, that you acted all right and that you, that you don't believe that the other person should receive no benefits because they was acting up. You still want to be found also. So when we look at this series that we're about to go into, Jesus is bringing out how important it is for us to consider his love for us. Sometimes 
we can believe that we're not loved. Sometimes we can feel as though we're all alone. There are some of us that have been in groups of people and felt that we were not even there. There are some of us that have did things that we want no one else to know because we feel that we are going to be ostracized, that we're going to be set aside, we're going to be put down, we will be uh, put in a position where no one would want to be a part of our lives. But God says, whether you're a sheep, a coin, a child, whatever, if you seek me, you shall find me. And sometimes, I don't know if, if you've ever thought about this, but there are times when we try to hide because we know that we've done something so bad. If I could cause you to reference in the book of Genesis, where Adam realized that they had done something so badly that they went to hide. But it says God came and he looked for them. So this has been a process. Jesus is not talking about nothing new. This is a process whereby God has always operated. His desire is to be in relationship with us. His desire is for him to have a relationship with us. His desire is to be in relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. If you ain't heard it yet, God wants to have a relationship with us. There is a relationship that God wants to have with us. Now, you can do whatever it is you think that is causing you to be disqualified, and it is still not enough to stop God from searching for you. There are a lot of us today that self-sabotage. We do things to try to disqualify ourselves. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not light enough. I'm not heavy enough. I'm not light enough. I'm not dark enough. We, we try to disqualify ourselves to cast ourselves outside of what God has for us. And he's still searching for you. He's still looking for you. His desire is for you to be in the family of heaven. So what is it that we are really pulling out of this? We're pulling out of this that the lamb is some, the lamb could be considered a parable of someone who's out in the world. And they have done some things that are so awful in their eyesight, in their mind, that they don't even want to be a part of the other sheep. Now, to be considered, uh, to be a sheep, someone that's outside and to not want to be a part of them is, is, is really contrary to how sheep operate. The sheep are um, 
to use a to use a phrase that we use today, are not the sharpest tools in the shed. Sheep like to follow one another, they like to be together. They are not, again, the sharpest tool in the shed. One of the things I heard about sheep, I hadn't read this, but I heard, I heard that sheep are so uh, so that if one sheep starts walking off the cliff, the sheep that's walking behind them will continue to walk and go off the cliff. The next one will go off. They'll all just walk off the cliff because they're just very simple. They just follow along. But this sheep did something or something occurred that caused him to be separate from the others. Now, the point that I really want to bring out of this is that the shepherd knew that the sheep was missing. He had a hundred of them. And he accounted for every one of those sheep. And once he had locked down the 99, he went to find the other one. It didn't matter where, when he went and found it, he went and discovered where his sheep was. Because every one of the sheep are valuable to the shepherd. Now, one of the things that we realize about sheep also is that sheep um, became a part of the family as they were grazing them and growing them up. And it came to a time when they would have to be slaughtered. But they still had this relationship with the family. So if we had 99, some of us would be like, well, that's all good. I got my 99. But Jesus is showing the contrast that although you have this 99, the one is just as important as the 99. But, you know, the problem is we run into them religious folk and they believe that, well, you got the majority. Because Jesus, was, the reason Jesus had to give these parables in the first place is because he was hanging out with what was designated as the sinners. He was hanging out with those that everyone thought was beneath them. He was hanging out with those. But it says that it's not necessarily that Jesus was hanging out with them. Guess what was happening? They were seeking, they were desiring to know and to be around Jesus. And isn't that funny how you start doing things the way God wants you to do them and folks will always have something to say. The religious folks. You start inviting folks to church and they start coming to church and they sit in that person's seat and they all upset because this person has sat in my seat. You know that's my seat. Who told you to sit in my seat? We have all these things going on and then he goes on to the next parable and he, he says, you know what? If y'all not catching what's happening with the sheep, let me hit you with it in a different way. Let's talk about some money. Now, silver was very important. Silver was a very important piece of money. But how can you lose money in the house? I know none of y'all ever lost money in the house. 
But how can this woman have lost this coin, this very important coin in the house? And it is a reflection of how we can sometimes be in the house, but we don't feel a part of the house. That we can be in the house, but no one pays attention to us in the house. That we could be in the house and we kind of get put over in a corner because no one's really concerned about us and we feel like we're not really a part of the family. I'm not talking about nobody. I'm just saying what's coming to my mind. We have to realize that if a person is a part of the family, then we should interact with them. We should bring them in to be a part of the family, even if they come kicking and screaming. I, contrary to, 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 uh, con contrary to belief, I am really not a hugger. I really don't like hugging. But I hug folks because folks need a hug. Now, the funny thing is, she's probably going to get me, but I'm going to mess with her today. The funny thing is, when my son started dating his wife, I said, I need, I, when I see you, I need to get a hug. She said, I don't like the hug. I said, well, if you're going to be a part of this family, you're going to have to give me a hug. And it has been hilarious over these 60 years since she's been a part of the family. Yeah, she's older. She's older than me even. Yeah, my son married a little, you know, a little up. But anyway, I'm just kidding everybody. All right. My, my, my thing was, this was a process. And now, reluctantly, still... She's not a major hugger, but that's one of the things that we do in the family. But we have to come up with this process where even if a person is called the black sheep of the family, at least they should still feel a part of the family. Y'all not hearing me? Amen. Because anybody that is a part of your family, that means they're a part of you, and we should not be ostracizing a part of our family because that means we're ostracizing ourselves. Jesus brings out this point. He says, listen, she tears up her house. She goes through her house. She makes it. She does what is necessary to restore this coin back to its proper place. And I would love to take that and say, we should, if we're having complications with a family member, we should endure, we should do what is necessary to make sure that they know that I am available to you. Now, my point in this is saying that family member may not want you to find them, but you make sure that they know that you're available for them. You know some of us, you know how some of us do, Okay, okay, you know what, I'm not going to talk about nobody. Sometimes I feel like if you don't want me to find you, I ain't going to look for you. But the way that this is supposed to work is that we are supposed to be the conduit. We are supposed to be the light. We are supposed to be the reflection of who God is on the earth. 
God shows continually in the 15th chapter of Luke how he's constantly searching for the lost. He's constantly looking for the one that has been cast out, the pariah, the one that no one wants to be a part of. And he is searching for them to let them know that there's a purpose for them on this earth. And because of that purpose on this earth, we should also be seeking to restore them, to uh, empower them, to cause them to want to be all that God has called for them to be. Now, we've looked at the person on the outside, the sheep. We look at the person in the house that's kind of the different person. Now, let's talk about the person that's a part of the house. They're in the house. They, they know how everything functions. They know how everything goes. But something in them tells them that they need to go a different route. And this person is not outcast by the people. This person makes himself an outcast. They've done things. They, they uh, position themselves. They, the, the, uh, the, the parents said, go, you're going to go left, and they go as hard right as they possibly can. And this young man goes to a foreign country. Now, let, let's, let's kind of look at this also and say, all right, he, he, goes, he goes to a foreign country. He, 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 he's a Jew. He's not supposed to be in the foreign countries. To make it even worse, a Jew is not supposed to go and work for a foreigner. He does that, which makes it even worse. Jews are not supposed to even touch a pig, and he's raising them. He has gotten to a place where he has ostracized himself to such a point. He has cast himself out to such a point. He has pushed himself away from everything he known to such a point that he realized, I messed up. I have done this all to myself. I need to go back home. But then as he's talking to himself, he hears this, I'm no longer worthy to be considered a family member. I'm no longer worthy to be considered a son. I'll just go and be a servant because at least the servants have food to eat. And the one point that I love about this story it says, as he was coming home, he didn't have to holler, he didn't have to yell, he didn't have to do nothing. It says, his father saw him, the, the, the Bible version is afar off, a long way away. If you're from the country, he saw him over yonder. He saw him at a distance, which indicates to me that dad was looking for his son. His search engine was ignited, and he was looking, I mean engaged, I said ignited, engaged, and he was going forth in a method of maybe every day he would come out at a certain time and just look and maybe pray for his son or whatever. He, did. he saw his son afar off. And then it says his father goes up to him. And before he can even do anything, his father embraces him. Now, I'm quite sure, now, 
Okay, I ain't gonna talk about y'all. What I would have did, I'd have been like, okay, now when I get here, I'm gonna drop down on my knees and I'm gonna look down at the ground. And you know, you kind of in your mind, you have figured out how all this is gonna work. Then, as you're walking, you like, he not even gonna let me get on the property. He running up here to keep me off the, I mean, all this negativity starts coming to you and you're like, I just, maybe this is the wrong thing. And then he embraces him. I loved our video because you see all the kisses he got. You see all the stuff he got. You see everything that was given to him because the fathers wanted him to be restored back into the family. That's why this series is called Outcast, the Friends of Jesus. Because every person that considers themselves an outcast, you got a friend in Jesus. He is looking to be your friend. He is searching for you in order to make you his friend. When everyone else tells you that there's no one else for you, Jesus is there for you. And because of this, you can have hope in your outcastness. I just made up a word. And know that there's a reason for the situation because Jesus has a position or something that he has for you when you accept him as your friend. Yes. Isn't that something? Yes. Now, I've got to hit this last one. It, it, it's not really, it doesn't really emphasize it as a parable, but there is something, a point in this. The oldest son, he was out in the field working. Now, we can look at this one of two ways. Now, if he was a son, why was he out in the field working? Because the sons had, he had hired folks. I, I want to I say that, you know, he was just kind of going through the motions and waiting. He wasn't as bold as a younger brother to say, Dad, give me my stuff. He said, I'm going to just wait till he die, and, but I'm not really here, but I'm here. And so he comes back from the field, and he is, hearing all this celebration, and he cops an attitude because the person that he believes should be in trouble, and the, the trouble that he should be in, I don't know if y'all saw in the video, but that, I, that's why I was cracking up, because it said he should be in time out for 10 years. That's a long time to be in time out. But he wanted to be, he wanted everything to happen to him. But the point that comes out of this is the father tells him, listen, everything that I have, you have it. He says, you should be celebrating that the brother that you have has been restored. But see, a religious person focuses on the transgression instead of the redemption. Say it again. Yeah. I, boy, I was fin to it, then I lost the thought. The person, what I say? The, the religious person focuses on the transgression and not the redemption. Thank y'all. I show it's, I was I said I need to say that again and it jumped out of my mind just that quick. But anyway, so the religious person focused on the transgression rather than the redemption. Now, every time in this chapter, we found, we found Jesus saying this. 
that the heavens rejoice over the sinner that comes to repentance. The heavens rejoice. He didn't say the people. That's what I was thinking about. I said he ain't say the people. He's saying the heavens. Why? Because the religious folks got a reason for him not to come to repentance. They're still trying to make them the outcast. That's why Jesus is the friend of the outcast. Because if he was trying to be the friend of the people that was religious, he probably would have been an outcast. But wait a minute. He was an outcast because he didn't want to do it the way that they wanted to do it. No wonder he wanted to be a friend of the outcast because he was one also. The final thing I want to say about this is that God is, has this set up. He had Jesus' example it, that he is constantly seeking to put us in the right position. Constantly seeking to assist us in becoming more and more a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It has been emphasized again and again that when a sinner repents angels in heaven celebrate they have a party in heaven when a sinner repents when a person that is lost is found we've heard when he found a sheep, he went back and told everybody. When she found a coin, she went back and told everybody. When the son returned, he told everybody, we're going to have a party. They had a big old block party for him. So he calls everyone that the religious folks said were sinners. He calls them and cares for them as if they were just children. Because he sees everyone as valuable. And we should have that same mindset. That when we slip, when we fall. That we always know that God is still seeking for us. That his desire is to reestablish his relationship with us. The more we try to disqualify ourselves. It reveals to us how much more he desires to cause us to feel as if we're qualified. Because he loves us that much. Now I don't know if you ever lost anything. Um, I've lost a few things. Uh, I know we like to say we misplace them. But some of that stuff we lost. We only remember where, where it ever was. And one of the things that we discover is that when you start looking for it, I, when I start looking for it, I have to change. When I start looking for it, I start finding other stuff I didn't even realize I had been missing. And I believe some of that is the same way that Jesus, as he's, as he's searching for us, he's revealing to us other areas, other things that he has for us to do and that he wants to do in our lives and on our behalf. So I just want to encourage you today to let you know that the search is on. And as we go through this series, we're going to be talking about different people 
and look at their situation and how Jesus found them and helped them to become or cause the angels in heaven to rejoice. This is episode one of our series, Outcasts, the Friends of Jesus. The subtitle is, The Search is On. Now, if you feel as if you're lost, if you feel as if you're an outcast, I want you to know today that Jesus' whole purpose, his whole focus is that he's looking for you. He's searching for you. He's looking for you. He just wants you to acknowledge that you realize that he's looking. There's a game that, that children can play today that we used to play back in the, in the day where everybody would close their eyes. We'd be in a swimming pool and you close your eyes and the person that was it, the whole goal was for you to tag them. And what you would say is, he would say uh, Marco and you would say Polo. And then you would know where he was and you try to swim over there to where he was before he moved. Now I know some of y'all played, we played it in the pool. Y'all See, the reason we didn't play it above the pool it's because some of us were so sneaky that we would stand by a tree and do that and watch you run into a tree because, you know, that's because you had to play with your eyes closed. So we played it in the pool where it was a little bit more safer. You could only just drown them. But anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. I done got off the salvation message. I talking about our family. But anyway, what I want you to understand is that God is always looking for you. He just wants you to acknowledge that you understand that he's looking. And the way that you can acknowledge that is very simply. The Bible says it like this, that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And we have said before that that word saved means to be rescued or delivered. You're being rescued, delivered from the penalty of sin. Sin means that you have missed the mark that God has established. And what the religious folks did in, in, this, in the parables that we're talking about, they made it so that you would never, ever, ever be a part of God's kingdom unless you did it their way. And Jesus says that all you have to do is find Jesus, search for God, and you will be restored. And that the heavens will rejoice because you have been restored. The process is a very simple process. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we realize that this is something that is a personal experience, but it has a public type of impact because it moves you out of where you are to where God wants you to be. And so our encouragement for you today is if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is as good a day as any to accept him. And we want you to do that. Our desire is for you to do that. Because once you have been found by Jesus, you can have a hope that goes far beyond any situation that you have in your life. Now, I'm not saying that everything becomes rosy because you know if you mess with roses, you know there's thorns among the roses. So we have to be 
cognizant that uh, we're still going to go through situations, but the situations will no longer have victory over us because our hope will be in Christ and he will be a deliverer of all our troubles. So if that is your condition, your situation today, we would love to assist you along this path, along this road. And we will do that by you getting in contact with us. Let us know at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. And we will get with you. We will assist you. We will do everything to help you become established in what God has for you. Because he is searching for you. As we said today, the search is on. He's not, he ain't stopping. He's still looking. And he wants to bring you into his kingdom. All right? Well, friends and family, that's episode one's in the book. The search is on. Then we're going to start talking about some folks next week. I ain't going to tell you who we're going to talk about. But you come up here next week and you'll find out. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. So with that being said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name.